Hello and welcome. I'm Jonathan Beale, and this is the ASB Investment Podcast, a show that keeps you up to date on the market and helps you make smart choices with your investments. In this episode, Chris Tennant Brown and Aidan Fitz from ASB talk about what COVID 19 has meant for the economy and share markets. We also chat about what we're seeing from our KiwiSaver and investment customers during this time. These are entirely our own views. It's not investment advice, but we know plenty of experts at ASB that'll be happy to chat if you need. Welcome to uh, the podcast in um, in a different uh, booth. We're actually sitting in chairs. We're normally in high stools, so it's uh, this is a lot more a lot more comfortable, Chris, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's it's good. And uh, uh, for those who maybe haven't heard the podcasts before, um, I think we did one about two weeks ago. And we like to jump on, and if there's stuff going on in the in the markets and in the economies, it's always good to be relevant and try and get some information out to uh, to our listeners. And I can't think of a more relevant time to actually be talking about what's going on and hopefully give some people some clarity and some uh, and some views and maybe some advice on uh, what they should be doing in these type of times. Uh, and to help us with that, uh, we've got uh, Aidan Vince, who's head of KiwiSaver at ASB. Welcome, Aidan. Thank you. Welcome. Cheers, Jonathan. Great to have you here. And Chris Tennant Brown, who's the CEO. Senior wealth economist, um, senior because there's grey hair uh, on your face and the top of your head. That, uh, <laughs> so welcome, Chris. Thank you. So maybe we'll, let's just get uh, into it. So I suppose if I go back um, a week, and it seems to be a week is a long time at the at the moment, is that we've seen sort of share markets be very volatile in up and down over the last uh, week. We've had um, uh, packages put together by governments uh, here and uh, abroad, and obviously the, we've seen the official cash rate be cut here, all in response to coronavirus. Um, maybe starting with you, Chris. Like, what are what's your take on what's going on, and uh, how are you feeling about things? Well, firstly, this is a yeah, it's a it's a remarkable week just because so much has so much has happened. Um, OCR has been cut to what the Reserve Bank probably regards as a as the as the bottom setting quarter of a percent and uh, the government's swung into action with a a really big um, fiscal package you know, 12 12.1 billion dollars is 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 big um, and uh, so these are these are amazing things for me the you, you're right I've got a bit of gray hair so I have been around for a lot of events like this in the past the global financial crisis Asian crisis um, I don't want to draw all the way back to 1987, but um, <laughs> I could talk about that too. But um, what's really different with this is this is all happening at the at the front of the uh, of the, of the crisis. Often these measures come out during or sometimes too too late. And if I if I think of things, we just got our official economic growth figures for 2019, and and as at 31st of December, the economy was expanding at just over two percent per annum. Here we are, what uh, two months into the um, into the new year, and we've got a reserve bank that's cut rates. We've got um, these amazing measures, and the economy is, you know, grinding, grinding, grinding to a halt um, because of coronavirus. And this is happening all all around the world. It's just amazing how swiftly the the economic outlooks change, but also how swiftly. Um, Policymakers have responded responded to it. It really it really is amazing. And I wanted to, yeah, that's, I'm glad you made that point, Chris, because I suppose if you compare what's going on, and it is different, 
uh, to what we've seen before. Everything seems to be different. But if you compare it to the global financial crisis, maybe the response then were seemed to be take a lot more longer to actually happen. And this time, it just seems to be so swift on what people and governments are actually doing. Is that is that a positive sign, or should we worry more about that? I, I think that's really positive. If there's one thing we learned in the global financial crisis is that monetary and fiscal policy works. If you've got an economy that's having a massive demand crunch, um, you you swing into action and turn those turn those taps on, and it, and it will cushion the blow. The 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 hard thing here, when we think about the actual heart of the problem, the the, the virus is the best way to deal with the virus that we're seeing around the world is to shut down economic activity. So um, these things like stay at home, self isolate, these are things which cause the economy to grind to a halt, and um, but ultimately allow the recovery which is which is containing containing the virus so we look if we look at china they put some incredibly hard measures on um but the the the, the daily rate of new cases is is falling rapidly away um and and so it seems like they've really contained it but boy that was hard on the economy now the big test is that they're opening up factories and going going back to work so this is where the unusual bit is that the that the cure if you like is actually part of the part of the problem for the economy so uh, that's that's the bit that's that's new for me and why and why you know i think people and if you look at the media it's share markets constantly in the in the news and we are seeing some wild swings you know one day down 9% then up 9% the next day and then down and up you know it's it's but what's actually driving that because the underlying you know these a lot of the firms that are affected are still making what they make and people are buying what they what they make why why does it move around so much yeah, well, that that's really interesting, and there's some things which which make sense. Um, and for example, the aviation industry, the the outlook is drastically changing in the near term, and I I know firsthand because my partner is a as a flight attendant. You know, there's there's no flights, there's no work for her, um, and take that up to the scale of the company. This is obviously going to have a massive impact on their on their revenue, and therefore their valuation. There's other things. Um, Companies that are just going to be working the same as they always do, and in the near term they might have demand shocks um, because people change their, their their habits. Think of something like Coca Cola. We're probably still going to drink Coca Cola, but not in a bar or a restaurant. Um, maybe at the barbecue at home or something like that. So those companies are quite near term shocks, but they still get caught up in the in the in the waves of of selling. Um, and and buying too. I mean, we've seen that the share market overall is down in New Zealand's case about twenty five percent, in US case thirty percent. But we've seen some down days where it's gone down nine percent, and then the next day it's gone up by a similar amount. Now those companies aren't changing in that magnitude over that time. That is just a function of people buying um, with enthusiasm or, or or selling with 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 panic. Likewise, in the government bond market, you know the New Zealand government is in an amazing position. Yet, government bond yields are, are whipping around all over the place as people buy bonds on one day and sell them on other days. So, um, it's it's very hard to look through that that noise. Um, but it's worth focusing on. You know, if we saw the same thing in the global financial crisis, and most of those big companies whose share prices were all over the place. Um, are, are still there today, but what people are prepared to pay for them on any given day changes a lot when you get this sort of um, tension in the markets. And maybe a good time to bring you in, Aidan. So we've seen volatility in markets, and Kiwi Savers probably one of the 
uh, the investment product that most of the people who are listening are probably in or have got or certainly know about. And you've been looking after KiwiSaver for, for quite a while at ASP. Um, what are what are sort of uh, the majority of our customers doing at the moment in this sort of uncertain time? Yeah, look, this is a uh, this is going to be the first experience for many investors of of volatility. Um, they've been in KiwiSaver. It's probably their first exposure to to a share markets and things like that. Even if they joined KiwiSaver at the start in 2007, the GFC hit, but balances were small and, and it wouldn't have been noticed by most New Zealanders, lots of New Zealanders, apart from obviously the flow-on effects. So from a, a KiwiSaver, a managed fund investment point of view, this starts to be the first time that people are really starting to experience this volatility and it's been dramatic. The pleasing thing is that most people aren't doing anything. And I, that, that might seem a bit back the front, <laughs> but that gives me confidence that investors uh, appreciate they focused on their goal, their investment time frame, and are, are confident that actually writing out the volatility is the, is the right strategy, but it, it stresses that importance. It's a good point, though, that, that this is be the first time that a lot of people experience this, and that it's um, I think sometimes it's really easy or even cliche to go, it's long-term and you know what's your risk tolerance and all those types of things, but it is uncertain for people, and we need to be aware that, that you know, it is, this is uncertain, this is people are looking at their balance and it's and it's going down in, yeah. in some cases. Um, but what are some of the things that you're hearing customers say or what are we, and how do we respond to some of the questions? Yeah, that, so I'm one of those people you're talking about, Jonathan. I look yeah. at my balance and go, <laughs> oh, this is uncomfortable. It's not a feeling, and, I, and you can understand why people are, are uncomfortable through um, the the thing that people are asking is what's going on? Where, where's my money gone? There's yeah. this perception that they've lost money, something's gone, something fishy is happening. Yeah. Once you can help people understand, well, this is what's going on. Yeah. Um, share markets are having um, some tough times. The unit of the unit price is decreasing through this period, and that flows through to what you see on your balance. The a message and the, the help that we're giving customers through this period is going, but let's make sure you're in the right fund for your investment time frame. If we are recommending uh, somebody a cash fund today, it's because they're looking to buy a house in the next year or two. We're recommending cash fund. We're not recommending cash fund because markets have had a really tough time. We would have recommended cash fund for that same investor 12 months ago when markets were roaring. Yeah. Equally, if you've got a longer time frame, like me, I can't touch my KiwiSaver for 20 plus years, growth fund is what we're recommending. Now, that's a, a weird thing for people to get when the markets are doing this, but we're focused on the long time frame. You want to have lots of exposure to shares, and um, hopefully, as through this sort of um, education session, people will also start to understand that uh, units, shares are actually cheaper at the moment than they were a, a month ago. Well, let's come on to that because I, I think one of the things that's very different today to uh, when I think about, and uh, I, I don't have as much grey hair as. Um, as uh, yeah, Chris, I don't hair. have much hair. I, That's I was, probably the. Uh, I knew you were going to say that, but um, the the fact that no, when I started started in financial services, if someone wanted a value of their investment, they would phone me up and I would say, "Can I have a value of my investment?" And my answer would be, "Yes, we can do that for you. It'll take about six weeks to put it together for you." And people were fine with fine with that. But that's what it was like years and years ago. Today, you can see it on your phone, and it's jumping around every single day. But mm. I think your point is the value is moving up and down, but actually. The value is made up of the number of units you've got times a price, and the number of units actually is still, still there the same, and it's going up if you put more money in. Exactly, the the, the price of each of those units is actually twenty percent cheaper than it was last month. You can access Growth Fund, for example, at twenty percent discount on a month ago. And Once so people get that, they start to see it in a different light and go, "Oh, okay, so actually, 
if it's long-term money and it's a long-term investment, then I should, I, should I be adding some money? And the, and the conversation changes. Yeah. So let's give it a scenario. So I'm sort of between the age, I know, um, I'm making this up, it's not me, but I'm the age of, say, 25 and it's not you, no. 40. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, I've got my first home, so I can't exit for that. And so actually KiwiSaver is now for my retirement. Yes. I'm in the growth fund. Yes. What, what would you be recommending that I would, I would do? I would be firstly recommending you stick with your growth fund. You might not like the the downward movements that are happening at the moment, and, and I understand it. I don't. I'm not liking watching it either, but I'm focused on the long term. Um, so stick with what you're doing. But actually, it's a good chance to go. Well, actually, what would happen if I start increasing my contributions? Not because uh, markets are down, but actually, it's a good chance to uh, reevaluate. Well, how am I tracking for the future? What is the difference of saving four percent of my pay instead of three percent? Uh, also, you've got that bonus at the moment that that one percent is going to be getting a bit more into the fund, which you get the up- uplift on the on the upside. And you would recommend the growth fund previously because I've got a long term to retire. Exactly right. So the um, the recommendation of the growth fund today is no different to what we would have been recommending last year. The recommendation isn't driven off the fact that markets had a great run last year, and so you should get into growth. And now you shouldn't get into growth. We're recommending growth fund because you've got a long time frame. You want to have lots of exposure to shares, eighty percent plus in the growth yep. fund. Yes, it's going to have periods where it goes up and up and down, but because it's a long-term investment that you're focused on and that's what your goal is, you've got the time to ride it. It's a very different mindset, though, isn't it, to start thinking about actually what I want in my KiwiSaver is lots of units yes, rather than the balance to go up. And the more units I get, the, the price is always going to go up and down over 20, 30 years, but the unit thing is really what I want. The more units I get times by the price, I've got a larger, I've got a larger balance. It's quite, it's quite perverse, and you'd almost... In a perfect world, the unit price would keep coming down, drops down to one cent, and we can keep buying lots of units at one cent, and then the, it jumps when, I, up. when it jumps up just before when I want to start using it, it rockets away again. Now, that's not going to happen. That's where people start wanting to get into this concept of trying to time the market and, yeah. and make choices based off what the markets are doing. Yeah, so, and that's a, that's a real... Um, that's one of the things that I see uh, that's that's pretty scary when I'm looking at what people are writing about and blogging about and that sort of stuff is that this idea that hey I'm gonna I'm gonna get out and when the coast's clear I'm gonna get get back in and you know I've done this for a long time now and I just know there's there's no smoke signals that come out to say hey it's all gonna be it's all gonna be well and good now I don't come into work thinking, hey, we're going to have a 9% up day today or a 9% down day for, for, for share markets. They're just volatile at times like this. And and I look back to in the um, global financial crisis, people could only see things moving in one direction. House prices are falling, share markets are falling. And uh, it came to a little bit of a surprise as everyone when um, markets had, had turned around. And... Um, it's it's interesting to see in hindsight what some of those predicting points were for for turnarounds or, or events that happened around the same time um, in the global financial crisis, which really related to the banking system. Now, one of the things was when banks started to report reasonable results, um, but it wasn't like there was a big email that went out or the or the newspapers were saying, "Hey, the everything's safe now. Get back into your investments." That the movement in share price recovery was already well underway. Uh, once, once those sort of new, good news stories were, were were flowing out, and this will, this will be the same at the moment. Um, only p- people can only see bad news, and um, and and we're seeing this massive volatility. But 
it's hard to pick those turning points. And when I look at it, one of the one of the differences I think between now and the global financial crisis was um, for KiwiSavers, people's balances were small and they were contributing, and that was making their overall thing go up. Whereas now their balances are quite large, so these mo- movements are very visible. But the other thing which has changed drastically. Um, over the years is is the social media presence. We just get so much information now. And a lot of it, when it comes to making long-term investment decisions, is completely useless. Um, you know, the day-to-day stuff we see on, on, on Facebook and that sort of stuff is often very alarming, but not very useful when you're trying to make well-thought-out investment strategies. And so, so that doesn't help either. You know, to Jonathan's point, at the start of my career, Pricing wasn't something you got on your phone because we actually didn't have cell phones, um, and um, and and it would take weeks often for the sorts of news that people are reading about every single moment of the day at the moment to get to get through to you, and uh, that that makes life uh, that makes life tough for investors that are that are a little bit edgy. And anyway. you've you, you've talked about that on previous podcasts about you know let's stick to the facts you know and I, I I've said a number of times that I. I do. I do. Regrettably, have the Daily Mail app on my on my phone. I actually deleted it uh, last week because I was just getting so annoyed about the sort of you know you're just trying to scare people. They're, 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 and it's just not unhelpful actually. So looking through actually what's the facts of it, your 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 KiwiSaver balance isn't going to go to zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, the unit pri- the unit price might go down or up, but your number of units is there. And when the share markets go back up. Um, then the value of your KiwiSaver is going to go up. And, and a lot of people actually in New Zealand, uh, most of their money probably isn't actually even in share markets. It's actually in fixed interest and bonds. And we never sort of, we never. it almost seems to that's the boring part of investing. But actually that's quite a relevant point in, uh, in a diversified or a, a well-spread portfolio, isn't it, Chris? Oh, well, during, um, you know, during the last um, two years when share markets have been going so well, one of the common questions I've had is, why do we have money tied up in these bond funds? They're just a drag on performance. And at times like now, you know, owning the government bonds of, of New Zealand, the US, are um, other things which are smoothing out the, 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 the returns. And that's what diversification's all all about. And um, But even the value of those things gets whipped around a little bit at times, times like now. And uh, it's when you look at all the information that's burbling around out there, None of it's too helpful when it comes to what to do with a well-thought-out investment strategy. And like Aidan said, it's kind of reassuring when the bulk of people are just sticking with those well-thought-out yeah. strategies That's rather awesome. than chopping and yeah. changing. And then if, say, I was in the Conservative Fund, uh, Aidan, what, what, what sort of, uh, how would that been impacted over the last few weeks? What would, what would my balance gone down by? The Conservative Fund, so we are talking uh, sort of 5% yep. over, over the month. By okay. comparison, growth fund is, is 20%. So yeah. the, you see that shift. Conservative Fund got far more invested in, yep. in bonds and, and cash and term deposits and the yep. like. Uh, far more, less impacted, yep. but it also shows you the drag of shares. Yep. Now, obviously, Conservative Fund, the flip side of that is you, you're not getting that uplift over the longer term. Yep. So, it's, yep. again, that's that message you're getting in the fund for your time frame. Yep. Conservative Fund is great, we think, for someone looking to use their money in two, three years. Yeah, and I know you haven't got a crystal ball, um, Chris, but uh, you're an economist, so you're always looking forward and uh, what uh, what might happen What from the economics department at ASB, what are some of the things that you're actually doing and, and mm. what sort of some of the things that you're really thinking about? Yeah, well, the... the um 
the the first thing for us is that over the course of six weeks, this has shifted from being a short, sharp shock to something that's going to impact us for, for longer. And I think people know the reasons why that is, as it's spread from being something that we thought was happening uh, off, offshore to something that's impacting the ent- entire entire world. Um, what what we're really doing is, is trying to come up with uh, ideas about what good responses are. Um, so helping people understand things like the government's um, support for the economy, what the lower official cash rate means and what they should expect with borrowing costs, term deposit rates and that sort of thing. Um, in terms of our forecasts, um, we also try and put things into perspective. So we will see an economic contraction with this. That's, that's unavoidable no matter what the the government does or what the Reserve Bank does. What we are encouraged by is 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 policy like we're seeing that's going to cushion cushion the blow and and we're really encouraging people to you know do the do the basics right so be it something like this how to think about investments and stick to your long-term investment plans for businesses what are the things to watch um for me as an economist uh, the things that i look for signs of um encouragement beyond the um those responses is the actual nature of the disease itself and this isn't reading my facebook feed this is actually getting onto good information sites to see how well the containment efforts are going and this is where it's a real interesting thing is when you look at the areas where you go wow you've looked to be really containing this you're also seeing big impact on 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 the actual economy so this is Sort of saying what what happened in China? What did they do? Versus what's going on in Italy? Why is why are they having such big outbreaks there? And 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 trying to work out where New Zealand sits and all of that. So so really to to sum it up, just trying to look at information that I think is relevant to the businesses we deal with and relevant to our uh, our investors. And um, and when it comes to this volatility that we're seeing in markets, just trying to put some context around it. And most people probably don't realise or, or think about it too much now that they've actually been through periods like this if they've been invested since um, since KiwiSaver started, for example. They went through the global financial crisis. Uh, they went through the European debt crisis. Um, they went through the upheavals in 2018. Um, it just becomes more and more apparent as your balances get bigger and bigger. Thank you for that. So maybe um, I might just call it uh, to a halt there. But hey, thanks very much, both of you, Aidan, for your first time in the booth, and Chris, as always. Uh, really helpful and like sort of um, um, clear sort of advice and uh, guidance that you've given around sort of, you know, like it's if it's long-term, stick to your long-term plan, sort of look through the noise and actually look at the facts and stuff around actually what is going on. Um, and, you know, appreciate it is unnerving, but actually if you, uh, I think in the, in the future we'll look back and go, oh, remember that really crazy time and stuff um, and what happened. But I think if we stick to actually the basics around investing, which is easy to say and sometimes it's like much harder to do, but the discipline around your long term and actually being in the right profile and not trying to time market, actually in the long term will be a real benefit to investors, I think, uh, not just here but around the world. But hey, thanks very much, guys, as always. uh, Thanks for that and speak to you again soon. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the ASB Investment Podcast. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss on future shows, please fire your suggestions through to podcasts at asb.co.nz.